0: Today, and I've got uh, both uh, Champ and Sam with me as always. Sam, the popcorn correspondent, how is the corn treating you lately?
1: Well, it, it was good. I actually got a chance to go out and rate some more corn actually this past uh, Monday over at uh, the Tin Can. Oh, man. <laughs> Does not approve. Yeah, okay, I'd steer clear of that. Tin corn. Can corn.
0: How about you, Champ? You've been, uh, you been eating any corn lately?
2: Well, no corn for me, <laughs> eh, Bean? But I'm ready to watch this movie here,
0: do a little uh, podcasting, eh? <laughs> Now, we've got, a, we've got kind of a, a comedy-themed show today, guys. We have a power rankings. So we're going to do our favorite comedies released after the year 90, 1990. And then we've got popcorn problems. We're going to talk about sneaking food into the theater. Where you come in on this issue. And then our featured review, which won the poll on our Facebook page, Super Troopers 2. The sequel 16 years after the original. Uh, so good results on our poll, champ, and Facebook. You know, I think we're getting you know some some interest there.
2: Yeah, I mean, we appreciate the the votes from everyone. Uh, maybe not as much this week. We'll get into that in a oh. little bit. But we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the votes. Uh, sorry, Sam, Rampage, just a measly one vote, although I did give you two votes this week because I saw, I think it was AJ Wilhelm gave you a like, so I just counted that as a (laughs) vote, but,
0: uh, not sure we're ever going to get to the (laughs) Rock Johnson monkey movie. (laughs) That is a pity vote right there. You're like, man, that one lonely vote. I'm going to give you one more. But
2: anyway, Super Troopers edged out Tully, the new Charlize Theron movie that came out this week. Um, So those two kind of dominated the poll. We'll see how that fares in uh, future episodes. That's right.
0: All right, guys. Um, Yeah, Facebook champ. We've also got Twitter. We've got an email, um, seconddayfilm at gmail.com. We've got iTunes, search Second Film. We've got SoundCloud, Second Day Film. You go to a social site and search Second Day Film. You're gonna find
2: us. Yeah, and also uh, we got some business cards. We got to be do a better job of handing those out. But if you if you see us, We're ask for one. Week. Remind us. Um, they're pretty cool. We we like them. They kind of like a handy little card to tell you everywhere you find can find us. Whether than you know, rather
0: than us just yeah.
2: rambling off all the different things. One so. thing
0: you could do that could help us too is 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 on Facebook go to our page, and then invite all your friends to like our page. If yeah. everybody listening no does idea. that, we're going to grow fast, and we would appreciate that as well. All right, guys, so let's get right to it. Power rankings. Uh, we, we've we done a couple different genres here, and we've decided to have kind of cutoff points because there's just so many movies. So we're doing comedies released in the year 1990 or later. And I think before we start this, it's important that we're really going for films that were comedy as the first billing. Like, Garden State's one of my favorite films of all time, but, and it is funny, and it's a comedy, but there's also romance, there's drama. It doesn't hit you like a straightaway comedy. So we tried to stick to that, right, Champ? Well, yeah, I mean, it's very, uh, you know... um... Subjective.
2: Subjective. That's the word I'm looking for as to what is a comedy. You could say a lot of things are comedy. The way that we sort of went about it is uh, so if you took the comedy out of Garden State, what kind of movie would it be? Would there still be things worth watching? You know, is it still a movie that's going to stand up on other things? If you take the comedy out of, you know, Step Brothers, for example, it's not going to be much of a movie. Um, That being said, I may have cheated a little bit on mine, uh, but if you look at the IMDb uh, genres, if it said comedy first, then I think it's fair game. Okay, That's and Garden say I was
0: technically operating. did, but uh, yeah, like you said, it's subjective. We also wanted to exclude animated films because we've already done Pixar, um, so we're we're not talking about animated films. You're shaking your head. R.I.P. Sausage Party, man. <laughs> R.I.P. Sausage Party. <laughs> All right, let's start with you, Sam. We're gonna go three, two, one, and go around the table. What's your third favorite comedy released in 1990 or later?
1: It was really hard to, you know, narrow down. Um, Sure. What's your favorite? There's there's a bunch of comedies, but I was I just wanted to like throw out there like I seem to think that like all comedies kind of revolve around certain people for me. So like Will Ferrell being the king of comedy in my era, you know, like well ours technically. Um, He obviously had a great a lot of good movies: *Ted* and *Night*, *Step Brothers*, um, *Old School*. You know, just a just a list of movies that go on. Um, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn duo, one of my favorites. and then obviously Adam Sandler. So for my third would be Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. I could not, okay. could not take away from splitting them up. Those that's my number three was the both of them. Um, Adam Sandler is one of my favorite actors. We all know. Um,
0: yeah, I mean Adam Sandler, he was a king of the '90s. Yeah. Other he, than Tim The Waterboy,
1: we know you well, are no, a big I fan mean, of The Waterboy, but.
0: Sandler and Jim Carrey owned the '90s, and in my opinion, the '90s wasn't a great decade for comedy. I think there were a lot of really dumb slapstick comedies, and there's parts of that that works. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think in general, Adam Sandler, um, he's not one of my favorite actors, but I I respect that you like his films. Well,
1: what I took away from it too, when I was looking at comedies, it really made me sit back in my chair and kind of think about like what makes a good comedy for me, and what what it is is a. How much do you really, you know, gut bust laugh where you know you don't laugh at something stupid like you know, just raw, dry humor. And also what you take away from it. I think that there's a lot of one-liners that we take away from that people use, like even in your friends, like we you know, we say them all together. Like um, cultural
2: relevance. Right, sure.
1: like I'm sorry, Mr. Penguin. Veronica I didn't mean bon. to interrupt like how many times have we heard that growing sure. up in high school and everything people would say it after they watch it that's what stuck with me um, Sandler you know. films
0: were not short on the one liners I'll give you that yeah. he called the shit poop <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's, and there's a certain amount of the credit the price is wrong Bobby <laughs> that's one of my favorites there's a certain amount of credit that goes mm-hmm. to that there are a ton of one liners from Adam Sandler movies and that's, um, and that's
1: what I just kind of took as my you know like when it really because there's so many yeah. like another one that I wanted to put in there would be like kind of like a my number four would be like Rush Hour with Chris Tucker yeah. or, and um, Jackie Chan. Like when they go, Lee, Kata, Lee, or do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? It's just like, you know, putting those two guys together.
2: It really made for a kind of like quirky humor, but then they kind of extended it. Yeah, right, I mean, we, we better move on before Sam names every comedy released <laughs> well, for 1994. he made a forward. good
0: point, though. There's different things that make different comedies great, different things. And Champ, I know you had a hard time whittling it down, so what do you have for number three?
2: Yeah, super hard to, a lot of good comedies. You know, uh, you know I initially talked about, we initially were going to do comedies of all time, and we had a lengthy discussion about how that was just too hard because there's a lot of older, classic comedies that would deserve to be on the list as well. Um, but my number three is Tropic Thunder from 2008. Uh, This movie was directed by Ben Stiller, also stars Ben Stiller. Uh, You got Jack Black, Robert Downey Jr., Steve Coogan, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride, Bill Hader, Nick Nolte. And, in unpublicized roles, Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey, who just sort of show up when the movie starts. He didn't even know they were going to be in the movie. Um, The reason I love this movie, one, it's really funny, but two, it sort of makes fun of itself. And it makes fun of actors and Hollywood movies in general. You know, it's like, it's so self-aware. There's tons of commentary on sort of like prima donna actors and how they might behave, um, which is funny because you're dealing with a cast of very famous actors. Uh, the film starts with these sort of faux trailers featuring, part of featuring Stiller, Black, and uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. And Stiller's like the action hero who's on his fifth sequel of the franchise. Uh-huh. And Black is sort of the drug-addicted comedian who hates the identity of being a funny man. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is sort of the Academy Award-winning method actor, a la <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis or Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, in the movie, he's he's you know he's the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. You know, he's an American actor yeah. playing an Australian guy who is playing a black guy in the movie within the movie. Um, Tom Cruise is almost unrecognizable as sort of the crazy, vulgar studio head who's financing the movie. Uh, He and Robert Downey Jr. were both nominated for Golden Globes, and Robert Downey Jr. was actually nominated for an Academy Award, which is super rare for a comedy film. Um, There's some good action in the movie as well, and overall, I just think it's funny throughout, especially if you're film nerds like us, because... You know, the way it sort of makes fun of the film industry and it exploits the stereotypes of action films and character types and war films. Uh, I just think it's a really funny movie all the way through, and uh, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, didn't have it on my list, but I certainly could see it on many, many people's lists, especially um, people our age. My number three, guys, is a film from the year 2005, 40-Year-Old Virgin. This is directed by Judd Apatow, starring Katherine Keener, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, Elizabeth Banks, Leslie Mann, and I don't know if I'm getting the name wrong, Romani Malko, Jane Lynch, and of course, of course, Steve Carell as our 40-year-old virgin, Andy. It's kind of the typical Judd Apatow slew of characters, cast of characters. There are some fantastic side characters here. Malko is one of Andy's co-workers, Jane Lynch as Andy's boss at work. But make no mistake, guys, Steve Carell, he just steals the show, makes this film. This was when his star was really on the rise, guys. He, had, The Office had just released its first season the same year, I believe, earlier in that year. And uh, Apatow could not have found a better 40-year-old virgin, somebody that actually is convincing as a 40-year-old virgin than Steve Carell. He may, uh, plays our awkward hero brilliantly from his... Little action figure collection to the the Bag of Sand line. I'm sure we all remember that. Uh, to the scene where Andy gets his chest waxed. The, his journey to make himself more appealing to women is hilarious. The advice he gets from his co-workers blows up in his face regularly. He just can't deliver the same lines and the same kind of charm that his friends ask him to uh, but what makes this movie not only funny but also just a solid film is that you know we are taking on andy's journey to lose his virginia virginity we really come to like his character ultimately um we're rooting for him along the way and uh you know at the end of the day really solid film and, and you know it asks us the question is it true that if you don't use it you lose it so that's 40 year old version well, sam
2: can you answer that question you probably know better than all of us right what? Is I that the one funny. when he's wearing the new bla- new
0: balances in the bar? Or am I thinking oh, of a different movie? Yeah, I mean, his style in general is terrible. That's part of it is what makes his character. Did he um, fit his bike in that trunk? or? <laughs> she asked him to. She asked him to. It didn't happen. But yeah, 40-year-old virgin, <laughs> great comedy, and uh, the Apatow team is, produced some amazing films that I'm sure we'll mention again. I hope I right. only make it till I'm 30. <laughs> All right, wait, what, is it my turn now? Yeah, yeah. Let's go to your number two, uh, Sam, on uh, well, comedies after 1990.
1: Um, my number two here, like I said, tough, tough, tough to break down. Um, I really like the internship. I uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, I really do think they do play off each other really, really well. Um, Wedding Crashers was great in my mind. And uh, just to see them come out with the internship kind of put into... You know, I'm in sales. I know like what the salesmanship is and everything. And um, obviously, they don't they don't have a a way of life. When John Goodman actually plays their former boss, he just pulls it out on them and says, "Hey, you guys don't have jobs anymore. You got to figure it out." So um, they do a good job. The interview part where they're both sitting in the uh, in the library and they're just trying to fit onto the webcam. Like, hey, we can see you and how they like presented themselves to get this interview with Google and to, like, work for Google as two, you know, 40-plus-year-old 40, 40 men and to, like, correlate with, you know, the younger generation. They have, like, they go on the line. He goes, then you'll put it on the line, like, mm. trying to say online, um, trying to come up with Instagram. Instagram's been around for how long? And they're like, well, that's a great idea. What if I take a picture of you and we can share it to everyone? It's, it's just like the, you know, the unknowing of technology and, like, the younger like they try to embrace the younger lifestyle and then you know the movie goes on and comes all around full circle they come up with this great idea after going on a night out they do what they do best and they say hey we're going out we're gonna have a good night because it kind of put they they created unity there they all didn't get along they were kind of the outcasts of everyone Um, I'm even saying because they get put in groups to build like to compete to win internships at Google long story short they go out they get them together um, these, these younger kids kind of look at him and say hey they're not all that bad they just have no idea what the hell they're doing let's help them out and they might be able to help us out and of course like Vince Vaughn is like the father figure and he sits them down and Owen Wilson is like the yeah you should listen to this guy
0: I, I think guys what we like about the internship is, is yes yeah, is how it kind of capitalizes on the new generation our generation and the, the Google and and the set pieces and, and kind of that atmosphere is really fun Champ, what about you, number two, uh, on comedies after 1990?
2: Uh, My number two, and this is the one where I said maybe I cheated a little bit. I don't think I did. It's The Big Sick from last year, 2017. Everywhere I looked, you know, I think it might have some of those same parallels to Garden State that you're talking about because there is a little bit of drama involved. Um, But this really is a comedy through and through. Uh, It's directed by Michael Showalter. Um, but it's Kumel Nanjiani who wrote and stars in this sort of uh, pseudo-memoir about his relationship with his co-writer of the movie, Emily V. Gordon. Um, on its surface, it's a film about a sort of a guy and a girl meeting, uh, but then as the title indicates, you know, she gets sick. Uh, and that's where the, the story really takes off into something new, and it's something I've, I don't know if we've seen really executed well on screen. Um, it's sort of like a non... Uh, Fockerized, uh, referencing Meet the Fockers, it's sort of like a non-Fockerized depiction of what actually happens when a boyfriend meets parents. It's not just like all these crazy things that are <laughs> happening. It's actually more... <laughs> it's, it's not an unbelievable
0: string of bad luck. Yes, it's, just, it's, it's, still it's it. more grounded.
2: And the parents are played wonderfully by Holly Hunter and Ray Romano. Um, and the way that their relationship unfolds with Nanjiani is sort of poignant and realistic. Um, there's a hilarious bit when Ray Romano is, is trying to subtly talk about 9-11 with a Pakistani guy, <laughs> and he, he doesn't really know how to do it without being racist, <laughs> but he's coming across as racist. Um, we get glimpses into a Pakistani culture and how arranged marriage is, and that process actually works. Um, and and I think there's some cool stuff to be said about what it is to like sort of be like a second-generation immigrant. I'm obviously not a second-immigration immigrant, but I, and, but I do have some friends who are, and I can. Sort of imagine how that uh, dynamic with your parents of how they want you to come, they brought you to America to to be, to live a better life, and they want you to assimilate into American culture, but not too much. They want you to hold on to your values where you came from. And I think that this movie does a good job showing how Kumail has to walk the line of respecting his parents, um, who really only want the best for him, but still living his life in the way that makes him happy. They're obviously not thrilled about a cross racial marriage they want him to be with a nice pakistani girl yeah um so it's a rom-com but it's a rom-com with heart the script is hilarious but heartfelt uh it'll make you laugh then cry then laugh again um but uh you'll be anything but sick after watching it So I really liked it.
0: You just did a disservice to that movie with that terrible joke to wrap up that rundown. No, I agree. You know, obviously the characters play themselves. They're comedians. Those are a lot of the characters in it. So we also see some stand-up that's kind of implemented as a part of the plot. That, That adds some humor as well. I really liked The Big Sick. Didn't quite make my list. My number two, guys, we're going back to 2001. Zoolander is my number two. This is directed by Ben Stiller, of course, starring Ben Stiller as the film's namesake, the uh, idiot, the male model, Derek Zoolander. This also stars Owen Wilson, Will Ferrell, Christine Taylor, Jerry Stiller, and John Voigt. This is the ultimate satire of the fashion industry. It's really dumb at times, guys. I'll admit that. its Characters are dumb. That's the point. And while sometimes I think stupid humor doesn't land well in certain comedies, like the one we'll... Feature tonight. What you talking about, it? Yeah, right. Um, the, the the dumb humor is spot on in this film, and I think that's because of the intent behind it. There's intention involved there. The film is just littered with hilarious one-liners, some fantastic scenes including the gasoline fight, the walk-off between Zoolander and Hansel, who is so hot right now, the mermaid commercial, or should I say merman. We could go on and on about Zoolander. One of my favorite comedies when I first saw it as a teenager And it's still one of my favorite comedies. And I just, I love this line. Hey, guys, just because we have chiseled abs and stunning features doesn't mean that we too can't not die in a free gasoline fight accident. (laughs) I love Zoolander. Number two on my comedies after 1990. Any thoughts on Zoolander, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Great, great movie. Um, Number two on my list. What's your number one, Sam? Your number one comedy after 1990.
1: So this is one that I was able to go see at the movie theater. So obviously I wasn't probably in the 90s. The Hangover was one of my one that I've laughed so hard at when I went and saw it in theaters. It was so funny. And just like we kind of have today, is it, was there ever able to make a second one better? Or would you just leave it at that and just say, hey, that was like the big chatter leaving the theater at that, you know, what was it, 2009, I believe it 2009
0: was. 2009 was the original. Yeah, now. so The, the Hangover came out in
1: 2000, 2009 and... I never think they could do it. And my favorite number one movie is Hangover Two. I've never taken anything wow. away from Hangover Two. With I think Chow just absolutely kills it. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Um, him and that damn monk. Or no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, on screen. No, I'm kidding. And,
2: uh... They hang out and they have
0: sick night? <laughs> no. We
1: have sick night, bitches. <laughs> and he goes, you ever see Monkey die? Or... Yeah, he, I
0: mean, he's... he's I, was, I mean, he does
1: show. really well. And, I mean, Zach Galifianakis kills it, too, with him just being, you know, that idiot friend that you kind of have to always have tag along just because people are like, hey, come on. We bring... But he always finds a way to get in trouble. And, um... Of course, by... I don't know design, but uh, you know, it, I, I didn't think they would be able to you know do a second one better than the first one. Um, I was able to take a lot of the you know um, one-liners away from it. I almost can recite all of Chow's lines. I don't know why, but to me, Ken Jeong was just absolutely hilarious, and uh, they so, did a better job. So just
2: to be clear here, your favorite movie is Hangover Two, not nah. not the first Hangover. Nah. Although you Correct. like both. Yeah, I mean Chow was sort of like a side character in the first one, right? right? And I think that people like sort of saw him come on and they they wanted more, and yeah. so that the filmmakers decided in the second one that hey, we need to give him a bigger role, make him a bigger part of the plot. I agree that is one of the better sequels. That when it comes to comedy, we're going to talk about in a sec here. Yeah. Nailing a comedy sequel it's is is something that's popular. not easy to do. Was The Hangover on your list, Evan? No, The
0: Hangover was an honorable mention. I'd whittled it down to seven films before I whittled it down even further to three. The original Hangover was an honorable mention of mine just because, look, guys, what a great... What a great idea for a movie. We all, hey, we all, let's admit, we all went to college, we went to CMU, we all partied a little well, we too hard. we have one coming up. We all partied a little too hard some days, and just the idea of waking up and having no idea what happened, and then them unraveling the mystery, I thought the first was easily the best in that trilogy, the first hangover, but hey, uh, number, number uh, one on Sam's list is the hangover two. We can
2: also all relate to the idea of a bachelor party and things getting a little bit out of hand. My number one movie is Borat. Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. And yes, that is the actual title of the movie. This is from 2006. It's directed by Larry Charles, but really, it stars and is written by English actor Sasha Baron Cohen, who is playing a reporter from Kazakhstan. This movie is a mockumentary uh, about Sasha Baron Cohen, who is, like I said, a reporter in Kazakhstan, and he goes to America to learn about the culture. And uh, OMG. This movie is as offensive as it is funny. Oh my God. And I love every flipping second of it. Uh, I mean, obviously, this movie uses the vast cultural differences between the Middle East and America to make comedy gold, in my opinion. Um, And it should be said yes, he's from Kazakhstan, but really, it's an amalgamation of basically every stereotype that we have about the Middle East as Americans. Um, whether it's him sort of defecating on the streets or not understanding women's rights or something as simple as him not understanding American jokes. I mean, I was rolling on the ground laughing throughout this movie. Uh, the am- and also the ambitious way it was made with little to no script. Uh, a lot of the people that he's interacting with in this movie, they didn't know what was going on outside of the filmmakers having them to sign a release uh agreeing not to take action against the producers for anything that happens in say the next 10 15 minutes um so it just has a sort of the fact that these people aren't prepared for what freaking borat is gonna do gives it a really authentic feel um and for that reason the movie pissed a lot of people off i think there's like several dozens of people that either ban the movie there's countries that are censoring it there's people who won't show it tons of lawsuits um because it wasn't just one group in my eyes that means they did a good job. My memorable. No.
0: <laughs> uh, there's that too is, many lines we will be that here is all night. That's girl. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, that movie it, it was uh, it was also on my honorable yeah, mention many. It was also on my honorable mention list incredibly offensive the censorship box and the scene where they're wrestling naked in the hotel. Her vagine hang like sleeve of wizard. I mean it's, we'll cut that. But that is just like so I mean it's so inappropriate, so offensive. And uh, But that being said, it was well received. Sasha Baron Cohen received a
2: Golden Globe for best actor in the movie. Uh and actually received a, an an Academy Award for best adapted screenplay. So despite it being vulgar and terrible in a lot of ways and derogatory towards women and racist, it was so clever. That people were willing to look past that and realize that, okay, this is for comedy's sake.
0: The one thing I wasn't ever able to determine officially is how much of the people that he is offending, the characters beyond him, just, the, you know, how much is that staged and how much is that genuine reaction? Because well, I know there's a lot of it is genuine.
2: Most of it. Okay. The only, that's what I was trying to get at, where they had, had to have people sign these releases yeah. and the only thing they would tell them was, we're making a movie some crazy stuff might happen. Outside of... Borat, Azamat, uh, Lu- Lunel, the, the, the prostitute yeah. that he ends up going back to Kazakhstan with, and Pamela Anderson.
0: There's no actors in the whole movie. Well, that's what See- makes it so good, is because you have genuinely offended real life people, and it's so their reactions are part of the best, you know, some of the best parts of the movie. That's always
1: brought it up to me, too, with like movies like um, Jackass. Like, how people are they like, do they understand? Do they know? that, like, you know, they're being filmed, or, like, even Bad Grandpa, I know we talk about in text, but, like, Johnny Knoxville and them, sometimes it just doesn't look like people kind of, they already have an idea, so I just, I've always wondered, yeah. like, in Borat, I think, is a perfect example of not knowing, because some of the reactions oh, you yeah. see, you're just, like...
2: Most of the time, I believe they know they're being filmed, they just don't know exactly what's going to happen. Sure, sure. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. Anyways, but, Borat...
2: Sure. I think it's hilarious, and it's the funniest movie. It's the movie that I laugh at more, and I quote more, like you were saying, with some of the same takes movies. for a comedy. It's the one that
0: I think is the best comedy release since 1990. There you go. Um, so, uh, before I get to my number one, I, I did want to mention my honorable mentions. Borat was one. The Hangover was one. As a newsman... Anchorman is, uh, you know, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Absolutely, uh, an honorable mention. And then Superbad. Um, but yeah, Champ. Uh, you know, we talk about different comedies and how some deliver all those one-liners like Zoolander. My number one is not like that. It's it's more in the the vein of the Big Sick and why you liked that. My number one comedy released after 1990 is Knocked Up from <laughs> 2007. This is directed also by Judd Apatow, starring Seth Rogen and Katherine Heigl as our two main characters, also featuring Paul Rudd, Leslie Mann, Jason Segel, Jonah Hill, just to name a few. The Apatow cast of characters heavily featured in this. And yeah, like I, I said, unlike the past couple films I mentioned, this doesn't have a huge list of punchy one-liners. But what's so impressive about this comedy is that you know it takes such a simple story, You've got this lovable loser who has a one-night stand with a beautiful, career-oriented woman. He gets her pregnant, and then hilarity ensues. And it's such an easy-to-believe real-life story. And I think while some comedies, and a lot of comedies, have to try really hard for laughs or really have to work to set up their jokes or push some absurd plotline, something that's just far-fetched this movie needs none of that there's so much comedy and humor trickled throughout a lot of dry humor some more subtle humor some jokes are a little more heavy handed but it's all clever it all works really well and i think what's more and this is why i mentioned the big sick and how you related to that this is not just a good comedy it's a good movie in general really solid characters believable emotion and how the characters react in this real-life situation is, is very convincing. It all feels so real. You know, watching how these two opposites have to come together after the unexpected happened, there's a ton of heart in this film. And if a comedy can make me laugh, make me care about the characters in it, and do so with such a simple story like this, I think it's a major, major achievement. What did you guys think about Knocked Up?
1: Pretty good. I think that like all comedies kind of stem through certain... Um, Pineapple Express probably could be a comedy that we could have put on our honorable mentions. Um, I just feel like, you know, Seth Rogen, James Franco, yeah. they paired well. It, it all came to like the, there's the pairs of comedy that when we were growing up that do a great job. Will Ferrell with Anchorman, I mean, the, his list goes yeah on and on. Um, I did like Knocked Up. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, another one I thought was, uh, was the one where they make the sex tape or they make the pornos.
0: Zack and, and Mary. Mary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of those same character actors that, you know, comedy actors that, that star in the same films with mm-hmm. the same group of people. Um, but did you see Knocked Up? I did. It
2: was a long time ago, so I'd have to refresh myself. that. I remember Seth Rogen being very lovable in the movie, yeah. like sort of like the awkward, like just sort of lucked into hooking up with Katherine Heigl, and now he has to sort of deal with it. Um, um, so it was. It was a good movie. I liked it. My honorable mentions that just slipped off would be Step Brothers, of course, um, and also Role Models. That movie with <laughs> Paul Rudd and and Sean William Scott yeah. and uh, the kid from Superbad, uh, Christopher Mintz Plasse, McLovin, and the, all the <laughs> larping and whatnot. Like I, I remember laughing yeah. quite a bit at that movie too. So That's a lot a good of moment. good. I think a lot of good movies in sort of the last couple of decades, comedy yeah. wise. Um, so definitely a
0: hard list to narrow down. You well, eat you
1: pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs>
0: Well, you made a good point though, because we each have movies that you've got like just the one-liners after one-liners, but we also have the movies that have more heart. Like I said, *The Big Sick* and like I have *Knocked Up* and *Zoolander*. Two totally different types of comedies, but there's a lot of ways to make a movie funny, and I think that they all all of the ones that we listed did that. All right, let's run it down real quick for you, Sam. What do you got? Let's list the list it back. Um, I had
1: *Billy Madison* and *Happy Gilmore* kind of tied at three there. Um, I had Owen Wilson-Pitzvon in the internship, and then uh, Hangover number two, not number one.
2: How about you, Trent? Uh My number three movie was Tropic Thunder from 2008. My number two was The Big Sick from just last year. Uh, It was my number four movie from last year. I should also mention that real quick. My number one was Borat,
0: Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and my number three, 40-Year-Old Virgin from 2005. Number two was Zoolander from 2001. And my number one was Knocked Up from 2007. All right, guys, next up we've got popcorn problems. If you're an avid listener, you know about this segment. We've done it a few times before. We're talking about kind of your dilemma uh, when it goes to... Um, heading to the theater, uh, what, maybe what issues you might have on that trip, um, we've talked about the best way to make popcorn, we've talked about the best food, we've talked about a lot of different things, but today we're going to talk about sneaking food into the theater, where you stand on this often debated issue. So, okay, there's no secret, guys, I mean, look, theater snacks can be super expensive, We've got, you know, our our new refillable buckets, which is great. They'll save us some big time cash on popcorn through the summer. But you know, drinks, candy, we're talking like five bucks for a medium drink. We're talking mm-hmm. four fifty for a bag of M and M's. It's expensive and, and over time that's drawn people to sneak food in. It really needs no yeah. more introduction. What do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Uh, have you done it? I mean, what are your practices, Champ?
2: Well, I mean, theres it's no uh, secret that this is something that people do. I feel like it's uh, mostly common practice, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that I've never snuck something into the theater. Uh, I think most people would be lying if they said they've never done it. I feel like it's kind of like peeing in the pool. You know, people might say that they've never done it, but they've probably done it before, um, you know. When it comes down to it, you know, I don't think a theater is ever going to condone such a thing. They say things, you know, please, no outside food. Um, You know, they're trying to make a buck, obviously. But I could never come down on someone hard for being like, oh, you snuck, you know, some gum in your pocket. Or (laughs) you, you got some gummy bears at the local gas station and brought it in. You know, how can you ever, like really hate on someone for that especially when they're charging like eight bucks for a pack of freaking sprees yeah Yeah.
0: what do you think sam are you you know is this something that i mean if if it's i don't mind i guess
1: i don't i'm not i'm not losing money over it and i'm not losing sleep over it either but if you're gonna bring like a bag of ruffles in there (laughs) and you're gonna just start munching in the back of my ear or if it smells really really good now you're gonna offer me any like that might be a little disrespectful but
2: I think it comes down to like, where do you draw the line? Right. Right. There's got to be a line somewhere. Like, if you're sneaking, you know, full meals in there. I mean, I'm right. going to, I looked up online, I uh, actually looked this up to see what kind of foods people have tried to sneak into the movie theater, and I'm going to bring it up in a sec. But I think there's clearly a line where it is, right? Like, a bag of candy. Okay.
0: okay. that's That's got to be the most common thing that people sneak into. Yeah, in. a like I understand. You. Maybe a, a, a water bottle, something like that. So my question is, because I've done this before, I've brought in, like, cans of pop. I don't think drinks are as commonly brought into the theater. Is that going too far?
2: Well, I think it's that if you're coming to the theater and you have a can of pop and you're... <laughs> It better you know, be in the
1: in the previews. Yeah,
2: it better be in the previews. Like, uh, if you brought a can of pop into The Quiet Place that we reviewed a couple weeks ago, and you just cracked it open, like, like, everyone in the theater probably would
0: have, like, turned yeah. and given you the stank eye. <laughs> because
2: they would have been like, who made that noise? Well,
0: and I think, it, you know, depending on what you bring in, you, you're able to do it a little more successfully. Like, if you've got a bag of candy, easily fits right in your pocket. If you have a worker walking by, they're probably not going to notice where you got it if you got it from the, the concessions or if you got it from a gas station. If you have a can of pop or, like, a plate of food, those things are very obviously um I've and in before.
2: Well, well, that's my question. What would the theater actually do if you ever did get caught with a can of pop, or... You food that, are they going to kick you out? What are they going to do? Are they going to take it from you? Like, they aren't the cops. They What are, what are they really going to do to you? If you're spending... They could probably if, kick you out, I They probably assume. could. They would have the right to. But if you spend 12 bucks on a popcorn and a pop, and then you have a 50-cent gummy, pack of gummies in your pocket, come on, they'd have to be kind of jerks to do it, right? I mean, you're spending money at the theater. Yeah. You're spending 20 well, you're bucks at the theater.
1: you $11 for a ticket, too. Right. I
2: mean, you're trying to save a buck. I don't know how much that they what they would ever actually be able to do. Have you ever seen it? I have not, no. No, I mean, I'd be curious to see if... if I mean, you have to be pretty dumb to get caught. I feel like one thing that I think is interesting here in Michigan is when the weather starts to get warmer, it's a whole lot harder to sneak things into the theater. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, when you're you're in the winter, you know, and it's it's snowing out, you've got huge winter jackets, huge... um, huge you know pockets and we joked about it on a previous pod uh, one of our, our college buddies uh, when I drag I used to drag everybody to the Saw midnight showings every year in college one buddy had a carhartt jacket on in october he literally cut a hole in the side of his jacket and was able to fit 12 beers into saw and drank all of those and then afterwards we get up and leave and there's just cans littered everywhere that is going too far i think yeah. on all accounts here's
2: the line He crossed it. One thing I think is interesting, uh, you know, here in Grand Rapids, uh, we go to Celebration Cinema a lot. There's a Meyer gas station right by uh, Celebration Mm -hmm. North. And what I think is interesting is if you go in there, they have pretty much all the candies that they also sell at the movie theater. Um, But for about $2 cheaper, that's got to be a conscious decision by Meyer to know that people might swing through here, Mm -hmm. get some candy, and bring it in. There's no way that's by accident, because I see the parallels.
0: Let me ask you this, as I talk about sneaking 12 beers in. Uh, Not (laughs) you, but it wasn't me, it was was a friend. What do you guys think about sneaking like a bottle of liquor into a theater? I've done it. Uh,
1: You've done it? I mean, not the bottle, but you put it in a water bottle and you put it in your... Lady friend's purse that you go to the movies with. Is there
0: a certain type of film that you shouldn't do that for? Like if you're seeing a movie where there's a bunch of kids around and you're just taking pulls of whiskey. Oh. What do you think? I
1: mean, yeah, I'm not gonna go to a Pixar rated G film and hammer booze and
0: <laughs> well, and, and I mean, get down
1: to Boss just, Baby. Well, when you're hammered.
2: We kind of already talked. You know, we kind like, of already talked about. You know, I'd
1: probably get arrested if that were the case. Team. We
2: kind of already talked about like our opinions on drinking and watching a movie. At least drinking heavily, which would be like sipping on shots the whole time through a movie, we kind of all made it known that that's not really something
0: we'd be into. It, it's not, but can I just say, I would have rather had brought in a bottle of liquor into the movie we went and saw tonight. <laughs> it would have made it <laughs> yeah, at least Yeah, would have been bearable.
2: better. Damn it, Dean, where was the Smirnoff when we needed it? So,
0: uh, you guys said you had a list of just some out things that people are insane rather Yeah, and this
2: on. was just from a quick Google search, like, trying to find stories. This is something people have written about. Some of the strange things that people have actually documented on social media, uh, a Costco cheesecake, a full one, a birthday cake from a grocery store, an entire ch- meal of Chinese food, uh, Dairy Queen, Chipotle, spaghetti in a plastic bag that they also brought a fork with so they wow. could eat the spaghetti, Wendy's, cornflakes, a Pizza Hut pizza um so uh wow yeah people are really you know that's a good question people are clearly braver than us are we trying this next week i don't know i don't think so i think that we want to you know maintain a good relationship (laughs) with the theaters that we attend um but you know it is obviously (laughs) something that happens people sneak food into theaters uh we want to know from you guys what's what's the craziest thing you've snuck into the theater And how do you feel about it? Do you think that it's kind of, like, shady? Were you guilty? Are you guilty? Do you feel guilty? Do you think it's like, no, they're robbing me, so I'm going to sneak in some gummy worms? And
1: anyone that successfully sneaks a cake in... (laughs) I want photo proof, no, and does, I want to no. see how that happens. Yeah. Anyone,
2: anyone who sneaks a, a bag of spaghetti or Wendy's, <laughs> their freaking double stack into the theater, yeah. I want a picture sent to us. Second Day Film pa- Podcast on Facebook, Second Day Film on Twitter, anywhere. Send it. We want to see your goods. Hey, yeah.
1: Anonymous on Gmail.
2: We will not betray your trust. We are honest yeah. swindlers here at the Second Day Film Podcast. <laughs> but
0: I think we're all kind of in agreement, though, right? That, like, okay, candy is okay. Like, little little treats. You feel like that's doable, but like things like like bags of spaghetti and twelve beers—that's over the line.
2: Particularly if you're already spending money at the theater, I don't think it's
0: wrong if you sort of cut corners a little bit. And we charge
1: fifty cents for a turn of sprees. (laughs) Come on, you can't Uh, do me a quarter.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Now let's get to the featured review today. This is the winner of this week's poll: a sequel, sixteen years in the making, Super Troopers (laughs) Two.
1: let's do it they've been waiting for a second chance waiting for their country to need them
2: again that time is meow what do you guys give me if I kill that bird Farber? that's a bald eagle
0: get away baldy yeah
2: guys what do I win one way ticket to hell
0: Let's give a big Canadian welcome to the Vermont Highway Patrol. All right, guys, so this is uh, another film from the Broken Lizard comedy group. Um, And I'm going to run them down real quick. We've got Steve Lemmy plays Mac, Eric Stolhansky Rabbit, Uh, Jay, anybody got a last name? Chandrasekhar, I do Yeah, like. he's Thorny. He's Thorny. Paul Soder is Foster. Kevin Hefferman is Farva. And Brian <laughs> Cox is Captain O'Hagan. So, of course, the first Super Troopers came out in 2001. So, actually 17 years uh, in the making, this sequel. And uh, plot on IMDb. When a border dispute arises between the U.S. and Canada, the Super Troopers are tasked with establishing a highway patrol station in Canada. The disputed area, and, and as we we quickly learn in this film, they they weren't working as cops. They had had some they had some blunders that befall them. And, Imagine that, yeah, right. And uh, and so that this is them getting back on the road uh, and covering the highway for the state of Vermont. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> well,
2: we should say that you mentioned the Broken Lizard. Obviously, they're known for the first Super Troopers and also Beer Fest, which yep. is a movie that was uh, decently funny. Um, so. Uh, non spoiler section. Not that drunk. Yeah. Oh, it's directed by Jay. Uh, uh, Chandra Sakar, yeah. yes. Uh, this is a non spoiler, probably going to be a pretty quick non spoiler section. Um, but so, like, like you said, 17 years after the first one, and I have to wonder sort of what was the viability and the marketed audience of this movie? Who are you marketing this movie to? Uh, clearly, they're hoping people like us who were. 17, 18 years old, when the first movie came out, they're they're hoping people like us would come and check this out. And it seems sort of like kind of a small niche crowd to try and market to. Um, You know, I watched the first one the other day because I wanted to make sure it actually was funny and not just sort of my teenage brain thinking it was funny. And it was. I laughed. It was legit. had some legitimate laughs. I thought it was clever in certain areas, playing on the sort of cop, uh, you know, people public relationship uh that being said this movie did not touch the first one and i think that's a mo- uh, sort of a uh a theme we're going to talk about here is how hard it is to
0: make i don't believe you books. when your shit yeah. turns
1: purple and tastes like rainbow sherbet.
0: well you know and, and champ made a good point here <laughs> is is i think you're right there was that that niche group of people i mean look this is a slapstick comedy a stoner comedy whatever you want to call it but there were some like Straight up belly laughs from some people in our audience, and there weren't many people there. Oh, so there yeah. were there were some people who thought this was hilarious. But I'm with you, champ. You know, I went in with pretty specific expectations. I just said, hey, you know, I saw the first one, which I thought was okay, a good, you know, not great comedy. Simply make me laugh. That was my expectation. Just, I know the story's not going to blow me away, but I got to say, you know, other than an occasional chuckle here and there, this was a big miss for me. Generated very few laughs. You know, I think I actually laughed more and harder at Avengers: Infinity War, guys. Oh, I agree. That movie <laughs> Which, was way funnier than Super yeah, Super and, Super and, and, and you know, and, and that's just a part of that movie. Um, but you know, I think comedies, especially the slapstick comedies like this, they kind of rely on somewhat momentum to get going, and you kind of create this funny atmosphere where you're churning out dumb laughs here and there and, and continuously, and never got off the ground for me. What about you, Sam?
1: Should have went to Rampage.
0: But hey, we have to appease, you know, our our audience. No, I'm just giving them our time. What a hard was it time. you didn't like about it? Because it's clear um, you didn't like it either. Yeah. Like you
1: said, there were some laughs here and there. the the The, the storyline just didn't, you know. What storyline? That's yeah. I guess that's yeah, the best exactly. part of it is that I just didn't know. I mean, I did miss the beginning, but I don't know how much I even missed at the beginning. Um, you're
0: lucky. In this. Yeah, it was a really dumb so, dream sequence. So, <laughs> um, like,
1: yeah, so I missed that whole point, and then all of a sudden they're meeting the Mounties is when I pretty much showed up, is right when they met the Mounties. And those guys are pretty funny, though. I kind of like the Canadian humor, my my family being big in hockey. We, you know, Sunday night
2: in Canada, oh, oh you know, oh, you're going to order a pizza in Sunday night Canada hockey? They, like, they play on some funny Canadian jokes, and I cut you off because of- I don't want to get too much into yeah. spoilers right. and, and give away jokes, but... They tried to recycle jokes too much in this movie, and it just didn't work. You know, there was there was funny laugh out loud moments in the first one, but they tried too hard to bring those back, and it just doesn't hit. And it doesn't work as well in 2018 as it did in 2001. I do think some of the Canadian stuff was kind of funny. You know, talking about the metric system instead of (laughs) Oz, but it it was okay. Um, I mean, for the most part, this movie fell pretty flat. I think. I mean. But let me ask you this: I mean, we have we had Anchorman two recently. We had Joe Dirt two. Both of those were considered disappointments when compared to their uh, somewhat well, not maybe not well received, but uh, you know, people who really liked the first ones. Um, um, and Dumber So, too. why do you think it is so hard to really have comedy sequels work?
1: I think it, you you really have like you know high hopes for something. You know, you watch, you laugh so hard at, it and how can you make? like the second one, like, that's with me with Hangover 2. Yeah. It was it was really funny, and
0: well, I think, how can you repeat it? Well, look, I think that, that Champ made a, a, a good point and raised an interesting issue. This was released at a different time in comedy, and, you know, there was a little bit more of that dumb slapstick humor, and we, that's gone away a little bit. We talked about The Big Sick and Knocked Up, and films that have become more culturally relevant than have been more clever with humor. you got 17 years later, you're still trying to do the same thing you did 17 years ago. And I also think that for sequels and comedies to be good is you find a way to capitalize on what really hit in the previous film, but you, you find new jokes that are really funny. and Updated. Yes. Well, just updated, updated new jokes. I mean... I'd have to take some time to look through sequels for comedies and see which ones really hit and didn't. But I I think The Hangover
2: Part Two is a good example of of a sequel that, for the most part, worked pretty well. Um, Just my take on the question I posed to you guys. When and you sort of said it, but when good comedies come out, they usually have clever gags or sort of like witty dialogue that is unique to that film and when the film is made. You know, it, it usually hits the perfect tone at that time. It's just hard to recapture that magic. It's hard to strike gold twice, so to speak. And it sort of seems like the cast, the Broken Lizard guys, who are clear... They are funny, I think. You know, for the most part, they're clearly talented guys. But in this movie, it sort of feels like they're just kind of going through the motions, just being like, hey, let's make another movie and see if we can uh, yeah. make some money, you know? It, it kind of feels like Brad Ausmus managed tigers I
0: think there. it would be interesting. Wow. Well, I think, wow. I, think it, I think it would be interesting, though, to, to see what the motivations were to make this, though, because it was 17 years later. It didn't, it didn't even know. look like they aged. Well, I mean, that, I don't know if that, that's ruining it. I was going to raise that point. No, they all look almost the same, which is that's, impressive. But, yeah... What, what what provokes you to make a sequel make on something that long after?
2: They're just bored. I mean, I was reading a little bit up on this movie, and it actually w- took them a long time to get this sequel made. It was made with a crowdfunding campaign. Okay. Because a lot of the studios were like, hey, I don't think you can do it again, guys. I think you got, did pretty good the first time. Just let it be. And I think what we're all saying here is
0: they should have let it be agreed all right let's get to spoilers now if you haven't seen this movie and you want to jump out um (laughs) then click click out here and since uh, since
2: we've given uh, such a sterling uh, review to make people go see Um, this movie
0: but yeah we got some spoilers now guys and uh i i want to start here with the few jokes and plot lines that i thought actually hit okay I think maybe maybe the funniest part of the entire film was the were the running jokes about Thorny and the women's hormone medication. It was really dumb, but I thought that that provided a few laughs. I like the, the name the, of it. The post credit scene with Fred Savage, which we they allude to it during you know throughout the movie as to why they lost their job. Um, we we then see why through their body camera footage. Uh, those I thought were pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I think that the question is, did it capitalize on the fun and the jokes of the previous movie and create new ones? You know, I, look, I just want to say real quick, one of the best parts of the first film were the troopers' antics during traffic stops. That's kind of like what you think of when you think of Super Troopers 2. <laughs> These cops acting totally outrageous. We didn't really get that kind of humor, even until midway through the movie, and I thought the jokes fell flat during those scenes. Well, I was going to bring up that I thought, you know, in the first
2: Super Troopers, I just watched the other day... One of the best scenes of that movie is the first scene when they pull over the kids who are smoking down the highway, and the one kid has to eat all the drugs and yeah. he's just like candy bars, and <laughs> littering and littering and and the cops are just messing with them, and that that sets the tone for the movie. It shows you that we are really going to be in a wacky, ridiculous comedy that's sort of playing on cops being ridiculous, and that really set the tone for the whole movie. The first scene in this movie. We found it as a dream sequence with Damon Wayans and yeah. Sean William Scott as state troopers and they pull up and the guys are in a band. I don't think I laughed once in that opening scene. And and that's not good. That's not the way you want to start out a comedy that we've been waiting for for
0: 17 years. And right away I have a bad feeling like oh shit, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And well, yeah, and I think that you said, you know, you don't want to necessarily um, try to redo the same jokes. That doesn't work, and it didn't work here. But I did want to see like some of those wacky traffic stops. Like you, I think we all went there thinking we were going to see more of those or at least funnier moments because that was such a, a, a mm-hmm. you know a sterling moment from the first comedy.
2: They tried to do a little bit when they were impersonating the Mounties in that <laughs> yeah. montage, and that was okay. There was a couple chuckles, but it wasn't really funny. They, the jokes with the leader of cola stuff, you know, rabbit being the bear fucker and bringing back the guy from the meow gag in the first yeah. one is like they're trying so hard to recapture the magic of the first one. It's so on the nose that they're trying to be like, hey, remember when we were funny yeah. 17 years ago? It yeah. loses
0: its creativity and comic punch. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a conundrum here because I wanted to see some of that. I wanted to see it executed well, but I think it's hard execute the same jokes a second time oh um, was there
2: anything that stood out that you thought was funny other than the man tits stuff <laughs> Hey, come on, that
0: was, that was good.
2: I mean, I think...
1: He's the
0: best character.
1: I, I thought Farva, his little, just his witty stupidness, it, it was decent. Eating he,
0: the...
2: I think Farva's the best character, too.
1: Well, when he did the whole, like, when he ate the thing and he's laying there, and he's like... Yeah. So, and they put the text. On his head. I agree
2: that when they were all trying the different drugs was kind of funny, because they were all acting a different way. When Farva was just eating the M&M's whole for oh, no yeah. reason whatsoever. How do you
1: eat those whole? And he goes, the green ones
2: make me horny. Yeah. <laughs> like, When the Canadian wh- guys, you mentioned it earlier when they're talking talking about Donnie DeVito, and and talking <laughs> the about Why are there people calling me during Hockey Night in Canada. Like yeah. that, that's kind of funny. I did well, chuckle a little bit at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, a- obviously it's bringing back a couple laughs. I will say this, though, guys. I I, I have to disagree a little bit. You know, I think Farmer was the best character in the first film. He's obnoxious, overbearing yeah. cop. I think he was a little overkill in this movie. We saw more of him, and he's one of those guys who's like, give me that kind of character in doses. We saw him a ton, and oh, I think yeah. it played better in the first one when he, was, he had his moments, but he wasn't featured as prominently. Um, you talk about the Canadian accents. I thought they were horribly done, and maybe that was on purpose, but i you know but the canadian, there, think, the canadian characters the canadian characters annoyed me i thought the 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 accents were inconsistent Ugh, I, I thought well, it was like well, it was like nails on a chalkboard well let's be
2: clear here we're not just talking about canadians we're talking about french canadians because just north yeah. of vermont yes. is montreal which is quebec right. which is basically like little france you mm-hmm. know very french canadian influence that being said i don't think everyone there is french <laughs> and everyone in this movie has french accents i was like are we in paris or Are we in Montreal here? Because it was a little bit much, and I realize there's a big French-Canadian influence there, but I agree the accents were ridiculous. They tried to play on the sort of U.S.-Canada rivalry a lot in this movie, because obviously we have this, like you said, disputed land thing that is sort of the main plot point, I guess. (laughs) Um, But it, it... Some of that didn't really work for me, because for the most part, I feel like the U.S. and Canada has a pretty solid relationship. I feel like there's not that much animosity really between the two. And I feel like a lot of the jokes they try and make, uh, like between Canadians calling us fat and lazy and us calling them like backwater hillbillies, I don't know if that really plays, because I think there's both of those things on both sides of the border. Oh, you want to get a Canadian tomato?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I just it didn't it didn't hit for me. None of that humor hit. And and look, was anybody surprised when the villain turned out to be Rob Lowe? The only and, other main character exactly. that we met. Of and, course, it's going to be. Well, Rob and Lowe. I didn't even mention him in the cast. But yeah, it, it, he was so predictable that he was going to be the bad guy because there were no other characters in the movie. And you know, also what happened at the end? There were like four plot twists in a matter of ten minutes. The main female character, she's good. No, nope, she's bad. Oh wait, she is good in an undercover cop. Then the land's officially getting turned over to the U.S., and it'll be covered by, you know, our super troopers. Oh, wait, nope, nope, never mind. After the Canadian Mounties congratulate them, we learn that that's all put on hold, and they start fighting. It didn't, like, the ending was horrible. Well, the first
2: hour and 20 minutes of the movie is, like, them just doing shenanigans. There's not Mm -hmm. really any plot, point whatever, and yes, I did say shenanigans on purpose. But, uh, (laughs) and then, like, the last 20 minutes is this sort of crap with Rob Lowe it just didn't really hit. Also, don't give Brian Cox funny lines. He's not funny. The captain of the guard. He's too
0: old. He's not funny. <laughs> I thought he was funny when he was wasted in the first film. There was some humor there. Um, but yeah, all in all guys, um, do we need to talk about this film anymore? or can we get right to? Our I mean, final I think people review? are kind of
2: getting what, what what we feel about this. I, I will say that you mentioned the body shot uh, sort of stinger with with Savage at the end. I do think that was kind of clever how they shot that with the body yeah. cameras and then with the, the cop cars. That was sort of, you know, that's obviously something we're both in the news. We talk about, you know, we see body cameras and, and dash cam footage all the time.
0: capitalize on more of that? Why
2: wasn't that incorporated into the main movie? I agree. There yeah. was there was missed opportunities for this to be better. All in all, I think, you know, fans of the first one, you know, maybe if you're a super hardcore super troopers and you weren't looking for much, maybe you think it's funny, but to me, 17 years was not worth the wait. Um, I'm going to give this a five. Wow. And I think that's generous. Yeah.
0: Mm. I, uh, you know, Look, ultimately, I went in with, with pretty moderate, if not low, expectations. I just said the story... I, I knew going in the story wasn't going to be solid. The characters, you know, the acting wasn't going to be great. It is what it is. And, and the first one, I think I gave like a five or a six... This didn't make me laugh, guys. That's all I wanted was just make me laugh. And I had a few chuckles here and there. I was smiling at times, but for the most part, this was a total miss. I gave it a three out of ten.
1: What movie did we see again? I'm just kidding. That's that's about as what oh, it, yeah, what it resonated yeah. in me was. Yeah. What movie did we see again? Because you know when I went to the bathroom, came back. You know it was just uh, three people in the theater. The movie came out. I don't know how long ago. A few weeks. It's been out for sure. Uh, 420, I think, actually, is when it oh, came for, out. No oh, wonder they course. shot for that time. I have no idea why. Yeah, yeah. 3, I'm with you, Dean. 3 out of, out of 10. It, it, it
0: sucked. Yeah. So yeah. definitely a big miss for uh, Super Troopers 2, and not one we'd recommend unless you are just a huge fan of the original. Or if you need um, a
1: liter of cola.
2: Or 10 um, <laughs> Yeah. All
0: right, guys, before we let you go, wrapping up the comedy-themed podcast today... Um, and we've got 10 in the books now, guys. We've hit 10. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, we got a bunch of ways to connect with us. Let's run them down one more time, channel.
2: Second Day Film Podcast on Facebook and SoundCloud. <laughs> Second Day Film Podcast on iTunes. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Really would appreciate that. Um, we're on Twitter at Second Day Film. It's all written out. Email us at SecondDayFilm at gmail.com. And check out our
0: website, SecondDayFilm.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you at the movies.